part two chapter three of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter three he was not completely unconscious however all the time he was ill he was in a feverish state sometimes delirious sometimes half-conscious he remembered a great deal afterwards sometimes it seemed as though there were a number of people around him they wanted to take him away somewhere there was a great deal of squabbling and discussing about him then he would be alone in the room they had all gone away afraid of him and only now and then opened the door a crack to look at him they threatened him plotted something together laughed and mocked at him he remembered nastasya often at his bedside he distinguished another person too whom he seemed to know very well though he could not remember who he was and this fretted him even made him cry sometimes he fancied he had been lying there a month at other times it all seemed part of the same day but of that of that he had no recollection and yet every minute he felt that he had forgotten something he ought to remember he worried and tormented himself trying to remember moaned flew into a rage or sank into awful intolerable terror then he struggled to get up would have run away but someone always prevented him by force and he sank back into impotence and forgetfulness at last he returned to complete consciousness it happened at ten o'clock in the morning on fine days the sun shone into the room at that hour throwing a streak of light on the right wall and the corner near the door nastasya was standing beside him with another person a complete stranger who was looking at him very inquisitively he was a young man with a beard wearing a full short-waisted coat and looked like a messenger the landlady was peeping in at the half-open door raskolnikov sat up who is this nastasya he asked pointing to the young man i say he's himself again she said he is himself echoed the man concluding that he had returned to his senses the landlady closed the door and disappeared she was always shy and dreaded conversations or discussions she was a woman of forty not at all bad-looking fat and buxom with black eyes and eyebrows good-natured from fatness and laziness and absurdly bashful who are you he went on addressing the man but at that moment the door was flung open and stooping a little as he was so tall razumihin came in what a cabin it is he cried i am always knocking my head you call this a lodging so you are conscious brother i've just heard the news from pashenka he has just come too said nastasya just come too echoed the man again with a smile and who are you razumihin asked suddenly addressing him my name is vrazumihin at your service not razumihin as i am always called but vrazumihin a student and gentleman and he is my friend and who are you i am the messenger from our office from the merchant sholopayov and i've come on business please sit down razumihin seated himself on the other side of the table it's a good thing you've come too brother he went on to raskolnikov for the last four days you have scarcely eaten or drunk anything we had to give you tea in spoonfuls i brought zosimov to see you twice you remember zosimov he examined you carefully and said at once it was nothing serious something seemed to have gone to your head some nervous nonsense the result of bad feeding he says you have not had enough beer and radish but it's nothing much it will pass and you will be all right zosimov is a first-rate fellow 
he is making quite a name come i won't keep you he said addressing the man again will you explain what you want you must know rodya this is the second time they have sent from the office but it was another man last time and i talked to him who was it came before that was the day before yesterday i venture to say if you please sir that was alexey semyonovitch he is in our office too he was more intelligent than you don't you think so oh yes indeed sir he is of more weight than i am quite so go on at your mamma's request through afanasy ivanovitch varushin of whom i presume you have heard more than once a remittance is sent to you from our office the man began addressing raskolnikov if you are in an intelligible condition i have thirty-five roubles to remit to you as semyon semyonovitch has received from afanasy ivanovitch at your mamma's request instructions to that effect as on previous occasions do you know him sir yes i remember varushin raskolnikov said dreamily you hear he knows varushin cried razumihin he is in an intelligible condition and i see you are an intelligent man too well it's always pleasant to hear words of wisdom that's the name varushin afanasy ivanovitch and at the request of your mamma who has sent you a remittance once before in the same manner through him he did not refuse this time also and sent instructions to semyon semyonovitch some days since to hand you thirty-five roubles in the hope of better to come that hoping for better to come is the best thing you've said though your mamma is not bad either come then what do you say is he fully conscious eh that's all right if only he can sign this little paper he can scrawl his name have you got the book yes here's the book give it to me here rodya sit up i'll hold you take the pen and scribble raskolnikov for him for just now brother money is sweeter to us than treacle i don't want it said raskolnikov pushing away the pen not want it i won't sign it how the devil can you do without signing it i don't want the money don't want the money come brother that's nonsense i bear witness don't trouble please it's only that he is on his travels again but that's pretty common with him at all times though you are a man of judgment and we will take him in hand that is more simply take his hand and he will sign it here but i can come another time no no why should we trouble you you are a man of judgment now rodya don't keep your visitor you see he is waiting and he made ready to hold raskolnikov's hand in earnest stop i'll do it alone said the latter taking the pen and signing his name the messenger took out the money and went away bravo and now brother are you hungry yes answered raskolnikov is there any soup some of yesterday's answered nastasya who was still standing there with potatoes and rice in it yes i know it by heart bring soup and give us some tea very well raskolnikov looked at all this with profound astonishment and a dull unreasoning terror he made up his mind to keep quiet and see what would happen i believe i am not wandering i believe it's reality he thought in a couple of minutes nastasya returned with the soup and announced that the tea would be ready directly with the soup she brought two spoons two plates salt pepper mustard for the beef and so on the table was set as it had not been for a long time the cloth was clean it would not be amiss nastasya if praskovya pavlovna were to send us up a couple of bottles of beer we could empty them well you are a cool hand muttered nastasya and she departed to carry out his orders raskolnikov still gazed wildly with strained attention meanwhile razumihin sat down on the sofa beside him 
as clumsily as a bear put his left arm round raskolnikov's head although he was able to sit up and with his right hand gave him a spoonful of soup blowing on it that it might not burn him but the soup was only just warm raskolnikov swallowed one spoonful greedily then a second then a third but after giving him a few more spoonfuls of soup razumihin suddenly stopped and said that he must ask zosimov whether he ought to have more nastasya came in with two bottles of beer and will you have tea yes cut along nastasya and bring some tea for tea we may venture on without the faculty but here is the beer he moved back to his chair pulled the soup and meat in front of him and began eating as though he had not touched food for three days i must tell you rodya i dine like this here every day now he mumbled with his mouth full of beef and it's old pashenka your dear little landlady he sees to that she loves to do anything for me i don't ask for it but of course i don't object and here's nastasya with the tea she is a quick girl nastasya my dear won't you have some beer get along with your nonsense a cup of tea then a cup of tea maybe pour it out stay i'll pour it out myself sit down he poured out two cups left his dinner and sat on the sofa again as before he put his left arm round the sick man's head raised him up and gave him tea in spoonfuls again blowing each spoonful steadily and earnestly as though this process was the principal and most effective means towards his friend's recovery raskolnikov said nothing and made no resistance though he felt quite strong enough to sit up on the sofa without support and could not merely have held a cup or a spoon but even perhaps could have walked about but from some queer almost animal cunning he conceived the idea of hiding his strength and lying low for a time pretending if necessary not to be yet in full possession of his faculties and meanwhile listening to find out what was going on yet he could not overcome his sense of repugnance after sipping a dozen spoonfuls of tea he suddenly raised his head pushed the spoon away capriciously and sank back on the pillow there were actually real pillows under his head now down pillows in clean cases he observed that too and took note of it pashenka must give us some raspberry jam to-day to make him some raspberry tea said razumihin going back to his chair and attacking his soup and beer again and where is she to get raspberries for you asked nastasya balancing a saucer on her five outspread fingers and sipping tea through a lump of sugar she'll get it at the shop my dear you see Roja, all sorts of things have been happening while you have been laid up when you decamped in that rascally way without leaving your address i felt so angry that i resolved to find you out and punish you i set to work that very day how i ran about making inquiries for you this lodging of yours i had forgotten though i never remembered it indeed because i did not know it and as for your old lodgings i could only remember it was at the five corners harlamov's house i kept trying to find that harlamov's house and afterwards it turned out that it was not harlamov's but buch's how one muddles up sounds sometimes so i lost my temper and i went on the chance to the address bureau next day and only fancy in two minutes they looked you up your name is down there my name i should think so and yet a general kobolov they could not find while i was there well it's a long story but as soon as i did land on this place i soon got to know all your affairs all all brother i know everything nastasya here will tell you i made the acquaintance of nikodim fomitch and ilya petrovitch and the house porter and mr zamatov alexander grigorovitch the head clerk in the police office and last but not least of pashenka nastasya here knows 
he's got round her nastasya murmured smiling slyly why don't you put the sugar in your tea nastasya nikiforovna you are a oneer nastasya cried suddenly going off into a giggle i am not nikiforovna but petrovna she added suddenly recovering from her mirth i'll make a note of it well brother to make a long story short i was going in for a regular explosion here to uproot all malignant influences in the locality but pashenka won the day i had not expected brother to find her so prepossessing eh what do you think raskolnikov did not speak but he still kept his eyes fixed upon him full of alarm and all that could be wished indeed in every respect razumihin went on not at all embarrassed by his silence ah the sly dog nastasya shrieked again this conversation afforded her unspeakable delight it's a pity brother that you did not set to work in the right way at first you ought to have approached her differently she is so to speak a most unaccountable character but we will talk about her character later how could you let things come to such a pass that she gave up sending you your dinner and that i o u you must have been mad to sign an i o u and that promise of marriage when her daughter natalia yegorovna was alive i know all about it but i see that's a delicate matter and i am an ass forgive me but talking of foolishness do you know praskovya pavlovna is not nearly so foolish as you would think at first sight no mumbled raskolnikov looking away but feeling that it was better to keep up the conversation she isn't is she cried razumihin delighted to get an answer out of him that she is not very clever either eh she is essentially essentially an unaccountable character i am sometimes quite at a loss i assure you she must be forty she says she is thirty-six and of course she has every right to say so but i swear i judge her intellectually simply from the metaphysical point of view there's a sort of symbolism sprung up between us a sort of algebra or what not i don't understand it well that's all nonsense only seeing that you are not a student now and have lost your lessons and your clothes and that through the young lady's death she has no need to treat you as a relation she suddenly took fright and as you hidden your den and dropped all your old relations with her she planned to get rid of you and she's been cherishing that design a long time but was sorry to lose the i o u for you assured her yourself that your mother would pay it was base of me to say that my mother herself is almost a beggar and i told a lie to keep my lodging and be fed raskolnikov said loudly and distinctly yes you did very sensibly but the worst of it is that at that point mr chebarov turns up a business man pashenka would never have thought of doing anything on her own account she is too retiring but the business man is by no means retiring and first thing he puts the question is there any hope of realizing the i o u answer there is because he has a mother who would save her roja with her hundred and twenty-five roubles pension if she has to starve herself and a sister too who would go into bondage for his sake that's what he was building upon why do you start i know all the ins and outs of your affairs now my dear boy it's not for nothing that you were so open with pashenka when you were her prospective son-in-law and i say all this as a friend but i tell you what it is an honest and sensitive man is open and a business man listens and goes on eating you up well then she gave the i o u by way of payment to this chebarov and without hesitation he made a formal demand for payment when i heard of all this i wanted to blow him up too to clear my conscience but by that time harmony reigned between me and pashenka and i insisted on stopping the whole affair 
engaging that you would pay i went security for you brother do you understand we called chebarov flung him the ten roubles and got the i o u back from him and here i had the honour of presenting it to you she trusts your word now here take it you see i have torn it razumihin put the note on the table raskolnikov looked at him and turned to the wall without uttering a word even razumihin felt a twinge i see brother he said a moment later that i have been playing the fool again i thought i should amuse you with my chatter and i believe i have only made you cross was it you i did not recognise when i was delirious raskolnikov asked after a moment's pause without turning his head yes and you flew into a rage about it especially when i brought zamatov one day zamatov the head clerk what for raskolnikov turned round quickly and fixed his eyes on razumihin what's the matter with you what are you upset about he wanted to make your acquaintance because i talked to him a lot about you how could i have found out so much except from him he is a capital fellow brother first-rate in his own way of course now we are friends see each other almost every day i have moved into this part you know i have only just moved i have been with him to luisa ivanovna once or twice you remember luisa luisa ivanovna did i say anything in delirium oh i should think so you were beside yourself what did i rave about what next what did you rave about what people do rave about well brother now i must not lose time to work he got up from the table and took up his cap what did i rave about how he keeps on are you afraid of having let out some secret don't worry yourself you said nothing about a countess but you said a lot about a bulldog and about earrings and chains and about krestovsky island and some porter and nikodim fomitch and ilya petrovitch the assistant superintendent and another thing that was of special interest to you was your own sock you whined give me my sock zamatov hunted all about your room for your socks and with his own scented ring-bedecked fingers he gave you the rag and only then were you comforted and for the next twenty-four hours you held the wretched thing in your hand we could not get it from you it is most likely somewhere under your quilt at this moment and then you asked so piteously for fringe for your trousers we tried to find out what sort of fringe but we could not make it out now to business here are thirty-five roubles i take ten of them and shall give you an account of them in an hour or two i will let zosimov know at the same time though he ought to have been here long ago for it is nearly twelve and you nastasya look in pretty often while i am away to see whether he wants a drink or anything else and i will tell pashenka what is wanted myself good-bye he calls her pashenka ah he's a deep one said nastasya as he went out then she opened the door and stood listening but could not resist running downstairs after him she was very eager to hear what he would say to the landlady she was evidently quite fascinated by razumihin no sooner had she left the room than the sick man flung off the bedclothes and leapt out of bed like a madman with burning twitching impatience he had waited for them to be gone so that he might set to work but to what work now as though to spite him it eluded him good god only tell me one thing do they know of it yet or not what if they know it and are only pretending mocking me while i am laid up and then they will come in and tell me that it's been discovered long ago and that they have only what am i to do now that's what i've forgotten as though on purpose forgotten it all at once i remembered a minute ago he stood in the middle of the room and gazed in miserable bewilderment about him he walked to the door opened it listened 
but that was not what he wanted suddenly as though recalling something he rushed to the corner where there was a hole under the paper began examining it put his hand into the hole fumbled but that was not it he went to the stove opened it and began rummaging in the ashes the frayed edges of his trousers and the rags cut off his pocket were lying there just as he had thrown them no one had looked then then he remembered the sock about which razumihin had just been telling him yes there it lay on the sofa under the quilt but it was so covered with dust and grime that zamatov could not have seen anything on it bah zamatov the police office and why am i sent for to the police office where's the notice bah i am mixing it up that was then i looked at my sock then too but now now i have been ill but what did zamatov come for why did razumihin bring him he muttered helplessly sitting on the sofa again what does it mean am i still in delirium or is it real i believe it is real ah i remember i must escape make haste to escape yes i must i must escape yes but where and where are my clothes i've no boots they've taken them away they've hidden them i understand ah here is my coat they passed that over and here is money on the table thank god and here's the i o u i'll take the money and go and take another lodging they won't find me yes but the address bureau they'll find me razumihin will find me better escape altogether far away to america and let them do their worst and take the i o u it would be of use there what else shall i take they think i am ill they don't know that i can walk ha <laughs> ha i can see by their eyes that they know all about it if only i could get downstairs and what if they have set a watch there policemen what's this tea ah and here is beer left half a bottle cold he snatched up the bottle which still contained a glassful of beer and gulped it down with relish as though quenching a flame in his breast but in another minute the beer had gone to his head and a faint and even pleasant shiver ran down his spine he lay down and pulled the quilt over him his sick and incoherent thoughts grew more and more disconnected and soon a light pleasant drowsiness came upon him with a sense of comfort he nestled his head into the pillow wrapped more closely about him the soft wadded quilt which had replaced the old ragged greatcoat sighed softly and sank into a deep sound refreshing sleep he woke up hearing someone come in he opened his eyes and saw razumihin standing in the doorway uncertain whether to come in or not raskolnikov sat up quickly on the sofa and gazed at him as though trying to recall something ah you are not asleep here i am nastasya bring in the parcel razumihin shouted down the stairs you shall have the account directly what time is it asked raskolnikov looking round uneasily yes you had a fine sleep brother it's almost evening it will be six o'clock directly you have slept more than six hours good heavens have i and why not it will do you good what's the hurry a tryst is it we've all time before us i've been waiting for the last three hours for you i've been up twice and found you asleep i've called on zosimov twice not at home only fancy but no matter he will turn up and i've been out on my own business too you know i've been moving to-day moving with my uncle i have an uncle living with me now but that's no matter to business give me the parcel nastasya we will open it directly and how do you feel now brother i am quite well i am not ill razumihin have you been here long i tell you i've been waiting for the last three hours no before how do you mean how long have you been coming here why i told you all about it this morning don't you remember 
raskolnikov pondered the morning seemed like a dream to him he could not remember alone and looked inquiringly at razumihin hm said the latter he has forgotten i fancied then that you were not quite yourself now you are better for your sleep you really look much better first rate well to business look here my dear boy he began untying the bundle which evidently interested him believe me brother this is something specially near my heart for we must make a man of you let's begin from the top do you see this cap he said taking out of the bundle a fairly good though cheap and ordinary cap let me try it on presently afterwards said raskolnikov waving it off pettishly come rodya my boy don't oppose it afterwards will be too late and i shan't sleep all night for i bought it by guess without measure just right he cried triumphantly fitting it on just your size a proper head covering is the first thing in dress and a recommendation in its own way tolstyakov a friend of mine is always obliged to take off his pudding basin when he goes into any public place where other people wear their hats or caps people think he does it from slavish politeness but it's simply because he is ashamed of his bird's nest he is such a boastful fellow look nastasha here are two specimens of headgear this palmerston he took from the corner raskolnikov's old battered hat which for some unknown reason he called a palmerston or this jewel guess the price rodya what do you suppose i paid for it nastasha he said turning to her seeing that raskolnikov did not speak twenty kopecks no more i dare say answered nastasha twenty kopecks silly he cried offended why nowadays you would cost more than that eighty kopecks and that only because it has been worn and is bought on condition that when it's worn out they will give you another next year yes on my word well now let us pass to the united states of america as they called them at school i assure you i am proud of these breeches and he exhibited to raskolnikov a pair of light summer trousers of grey woollen material no holes no spots and quite respectable although a little worn and a waistcoat to match quite in the fashion and its being worn really is an improvement it's softer smoother you see rodya to my thinking the great thing for getting on in the world is always to keep to the seasons if you don't insist on having asparagus in january you keep your money in your purse and it's the same with this purchase it's summer now so i've been buying summer things warmer materials will be wanted for autumn so you will have to throw these away in any case especially as they will be done for by then from their own lack of coherence if not your higher standard of luxury come price them what do you say two roubles twenty-five kopecks and remember the condition if you wear these out you will have another suit for nothing they only do business on that system at fedyoff's if you've bought a thing once you are satisfied for life for you will never go there again of your own free will now for the boots what do you say you see that they are a bit worn but they'll last a couple of months for it's foreign work in foreign leather the secretary of the english embassy sold them last week he had only worn them six days but he was very short of cash price a rouble and a half a bargain but perhaps they won't fit observed nastasya not fit just look and he pulled out of his pocket raskolnikov's old broken boot stiffly coated with dry mud i did not go empty-handed they took the size from this monster we all did our best and as to your linen your landlady has seen to that here to begin with are three shirts hempen but with a fashionable front well now then eighty kopecks the cap two roubles twenty-five kopecks the suit together three roubles five kopecks 
a rouble and a half for the boots for you see they are very good and that makes four roubles fifty-five kopecks five roubles for the underclothes they were bought in the lot which makes exactly nine roubles fifty-five kopecks forty-five kopecks change in coppers will you take it and so rodya you are set up with a complete new rig-out for your overcoat will serve and even has a style of its own that comes from getting one's clothes from charmers as for your socks and other things i leave them to you we've twenty-five roubles left and as for pashenka and paying for your lodging don't you worry i tell you she'll trust you for anything and now brother let me change your linen for i dare say you will throw off your illness with your shirt let me be i don't want to raskolnikov waved him off he had listened with disgust to razumihin's efforts to be playful about his purchases come brother don't tell me i've been trudging around for nothing razumihin insisted nastasya don't be bashful but help me that's it and in spite of raskolnikov's resistance he changed his linen the latter sank back on the pillows and for a minute or two said nothing it will be long before i get rid of them he thought what money was all that bought with he asked at last gazing at the wall money why your own what the messenger brought from varushin your mother sent it have you forgotten that too i remember now said raskolnikov after a long sullen silence razumihin looked at him frowning and uneasy the door opened and a tall stout man whose appearance seemed familiar to raskolnikov came in zosimov at last cried razumihin delighted end of part two chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine